Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are here to handicap the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest uh, on the eve of 4th of July. Uh, this is the, an annual tradition that is a DJN delight, and we have reached out to one of the OGs of Gambling Twitter to help us break it all down. This is going to be a super fun episode, and I've been looking forward to this for months, no joke. When we were talking about what are we going to handicap this uh, summer now that football's over, Andy, uh, when did we decide the uh, uh, hot dog? Uh, eating contest was going to be on the on the list. Well, when we both realized we'd both bet it for the past few years, <laughs> <laughs> like like independently, we've been betting this for a few years anyway. So, well, I, like, and, and we're going to bet it, and we've already made bets on this. I'm assuming you have. I have. Oh yes, so, absolutely, so, absolutely. I mean, and it it is fun. It's there's you know. Not a lot going on in the the other main sports. You got NBA free agency, which is buck wild today, but still. Like, yeah, we got Wimbledon you know, going on. We got World Cup in World full Cup, swing, but yeah. we are setting aside you time still, to do the still hot, need to talk dog hot dogs. eating contest. And with that, let me introduce our guest for the uh, for the Fourth of July pod. Uh, this was one of the first fellows that I came across on Twitter. He goes back to about 2012, uh, posted outstanding college football information, was part of a group that was just killing it uh, in the college football scene. And uh, I tracked these guys down uh, when I first came on board uh, and uh, since uh, have gotten a great, has been a great experience chatting uh, college football, chatting Warriors. And then um, lo and behold, there is no one on the internet space that is sharper at hot dog handicapping than our guest today. And with that, I welcome to the deep dive, Chris Kelly. What is up? I don't know if I should be proud of that or not. I know my wife would probably not be proud of that, but uh, <laughs> hey, you, you gotta find you gotta find your angles and play them. Hey man, it's uh, it's something that comes around once a year. Uh, you you know we, we had a we had an awesome pod uh, with. Um, you know somebody who was doing similar things with the NFL NBA draft and uh, Joey Kadish, mm-hmm. and um, you know it was uh, it was pretty clear. Like, hey, if there's something that you have an interest in, if you've built connections, if you've kind of gone out there and like sort of built the avenue of like this is how to handicap this, and I have the kind of blueprint for it. Uh, you know, when that when it comes around that one time every year, and you have a whole slew of props across multiple books that you can attack. Uh, why not? Like this is this is a fantastic way to build a bankroll all through the middle of the summer while we wait for uh, for football to roll around. And I'm, I mean, I guess I'm curious. Like, uh, were you always into sports betting, and then you kind of drifted into like I figured out that this is a, bet- a beatable market. Like, how did you get going on doing this? <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, I've, I've been gambling for the you know the better part of 20 years, and I, I just with anything, it's a maturation process. I mean, to think back of of how what some of the dumb things I did in my early twenties, um, to compare it to where I am now, you know, it's, it's, it's quite an evolution, but, you know, I, I think about, you know, the things that interest me now. And it's funny because I, you know, you look and you tell your friends this, that aren't into gambling as much. And like, you are the biggest DJ ever, but I'm trying to get into places 
where there's less information because I think there's more things to exploit and, and you're going to laugh when you hear this, but like the three, three of my favorite things are hot dogs contest, Little League World Series and FCS football. Uh, there's just, there's just so less, so much less information out there. If you dig around, there's angles to be had and sure you'll run into some, some betting limits, but if you can spread money across three or four books, there are some opportunities out there and certainly, you know, we've, we've killed the hot dog contest the last two years and hopefully we can have another good year this year. I love this. Well, it's, it's, it makes it's so much funny, sense. Uh, you brought up your, you know, your wife probably being very ashamed of your, uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually brought up to my wife what we were doing for a podcast. Tonight. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're interviewing some guy. He takes it pretty serious. I'm like, I told her, you know, like, thousand dollars bet on the hot dog contest already and she kind of looked at me and i had to be like why well, i mean i don't know this guy in like real life i don't know him. don't worry he's, he's not like, really my friend yeah no he's just, I, don't, I don't even know this guy he's just some some stranger for me and don't worry well i look forward to you guys having me back from little league world series podcast that'll be a fun one too oh absolutely but i mean it makes so much sense it makes so much sense like you do this for long enough and you realize like hey you know like i want i, I want to supplement what I do for enjoyment, right? Like I'm yeah. betting most NFL games, you know, I'm betting every, you know, every week regularly on sure. the NFL. And I recognize yep. that like, it's going to be a grind. I'm going to have to put in a ton of work. I'm just trying to grind out some profit while at the same time it's adding, it's, it's like, it's like an entire layer of my enjoyment of watching the sport. And, but like, it's such a difficult market to beat long-term. Like if you can, you know, if you know, like, Hey, I can be an advantage better in this spot. Uh, and because I, you know, it doesn't even have to be a certain sport. It can just be like a certain, like way to attack yeah. a certain sport. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know people who are like, well, this guy knows his first quarter NBA totals. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you can, if you find your niche, uh, and yeah. you can exploit that. You know, if you're an advantage better in a niche, that that's exactly like what you want in your back pocket to be able to, you know, supplement betting on sports that you watch for enjoyment. And it makes total sense. So I, this is just it, it's a it's a, it's great to great to get to talk to you and get some some input on this stuff and and kind of you know for those who haven't. Um, uh, who haven't been following you as long as I have. Um, you got started here in like 2012. And by the way, like where, where, where can people track you down on Twitter? Yeah. Um, uh, at Kelly, Chris, K E L L Y Chris, uh, 77, uh, on Twitter. And yeah, it, I guess it's been 2011, 2012. I feel like maybe actually maybe even longer. It might be 2010. Uh, it might be eight years. I don't even, I don't even know the time is flying by. That's what, you know, two young kids does to you. But, um, yeah, so I, I've been doing it for, about eight years. And like you said, you, you find your niche. I mean, I think that, um, as, as I've had young kids and I have a job and so this is a hobby to me, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this for a, for a living. You know, you find the places that you think you can exploit and you spend a little bit of extra time there and, and, and you deviate. And then I think, and, and we can get into this, the whole evolution of gambling Twitter, you utilize resources out there and the relationships you create maybe in some of the other sports to help you, uh, you know, fill other needs. But, you know, this is one thing that I have taken upon me to really focus on and dig in just because most people don't. And there's not a lot of detail out there. And if you dig around and, and, and you can find some tidbits here and there that'll help put you in a position, uh, you know, I think to be successful, which, which has been, you know, the last couple of years. So hopefully we'll go through tonight and talk about some things that uh, maybe can, can help some folks or, or give them a couple of things to at least throw on the dogs this, this Wednesday and make it a little more enjoyable. I love this. Okay, so before we get into the hot dog and the competitive eating and, and some deep deep yeah. dive questions on all that, um, you can would would you say that your uh, your original expertise or really how you kind of got into gambling regularly was it 
uh, college football focus because that's how I came across you first. Like uh, you, you were uh, posting outstanding college football picks, and as you mentioned, now you kind of have kind of even zeroed in on FCS specifically, which is freaking cool. But like, yeah. was that always your first love of of the the um, you know gambling space? Hundred percent, and that that's that was always my my first and number one sport, and and I'll I'll still spend a lot of time there in the fall. Um, you know, again, I, I didn't dedicate as much time as I have in past years with two little ones last year, but I still spent a good amount of time on it. But uh, it'll still be what, what I focus on, and I'll still tweet plays out. But I, I don't really tweet anything else out besides, like, maybe a Little League World Series, maybe some hot dogs, you know, an occasional NBA play. But you know, I will tweet the big hitters. Yeah, the big hitters, exactly. But I will tweet some college football stuff out because I, I do love that. And, and like you said, I have shifted my focus a little more to FCS um, only because, again, if, if you if – you, if you work, there's there's stuff to be had. There's information out there that, that some of the bookmakers don't have. And if, and if Five Dimes is going to put out lines on every single FCS game, then they're there to be taken advantage of. And you know, so I, yeah, that that's that's where the opportunity lies. And I had I I would say I did much better in FCS last year than I did in, in FBS gambling. Um, you know, in terms of overall win percentage. I'm sure I tailed you I, on like a James I, Madison uh, over. James, uh, James Madison was <laughs> that running back. I'm sure. Year. And I, I went to South Dakota State, and I, had lot, I, I know a lot of friends. I had a lot of friends, and I know people that went to North Dakota State. So this is I'm, I'm in FCS territory. You know, those are those are squads that are well, especially North Dakota State. Yeah, you know, it, it is it is awesome how much of that they'll show now on TV. Even like a few years ago, maybe you got the final on TV. Now you can watch almost all of the playoffs on like ESPN Plus and. Even just ESPN will have uh, once you get further on, and I do love me some. I like it. I like a good tournament. I think football should be a playoff system like that. And the that's, that's exactly they do it right. That's it's also so fun, so fun. I think that's part of the intrigue too. Is is the playoff system, and then like you said, there's there is more games available, more ESPN three stuff if you really want to focus on a game. But the the whole you know thirty two teams or twenty four teams into a bracket format with everything televised is, is, is pretty fun too so uh, you know again i'd love to see fbs go to some format of that at some point but you know so be it oh we could we all is there anything specifically about college football that you're looking forward to coming into the season uh well you know i haven't i usually start my prep just after the fourth of july so i'm looking forward to, to digging in i haven't spent nearly as much time as uh some of the folks out there you know some of the guys that get ahead of the, some of the early lines or as i have in the past but um I will say I have started to dig on some of the FCS stuff. I did. Uh, I already placed a, a future on North Dakota State to win it all, which considering at minus 120, it's crazy one team being minus 120, but that is how good this team is going to be this year. Uh, they are absolutely loaded. Uh, quarterback is going to be drafted. A running back is going to be drafted. Return just about everybody. You get an All-American uh, DN back that, that was out with an ACL tear last year. I, just Besides James Madison, there, there really isn't a team that I think will be – Evil, even able to, to stay on the same field with them. So it, 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 they should, barring something catastrophic happening, walk through FCS this year. Takes away some of the intrigue, a little bit of the Warriors and the NBA tor- sort of deal. But um, <laughs> I was just going to say, speaking of yeah. about minus 120 to win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I, it's not like I'm looking into seeing if I can parlay those right now. <laughs> oh, dude. Is that available? Are they? Are they? Is it in the part? Is it in the um, the prop section as opposed to the futures? Because you can't you can't do the future probably. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going. It's got to be in the props. I'm Which going one? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's like say so, anything. Re- resetting just a smidge. So I, I remember, uh, like I definitely kind of, you know, my hardcore, uh, you know, NBA betting fandom kind of came 
you know, came into uh, maturity about the same time that like Steph Curry was kind of, you know, bringing the the Warriors into relevance. And I remember having a bunch of fun conversations with you, like super late night because we're both West Coast guys. Like, yep. oh man, like is Draymond Green like the best player in the NBA? Nobody fucking loves Draymond Green. Like, we love. I mean, it was like, totally <laughs> crazy conversations. Uh, you and you're you're a hard you're you're a Bay Area guy. You're a hardcore yep. Warriors guy. I remember seeing awesome photos from playoffs. Uh, you know, tweeting from Oracle. Um, you know what what's your what's your take on all of the crazy drama in the NBA going on right now? Because it is hot in the streets and the NBA free agency and uh, man, I mean, I, all the ships haven't fallen, but just before recording this podcast, we see Boogie, Boogie Cousins heading to the Bay, which is just bananas. But uh, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on all this? I'm literally pulling up in the driveway and, and I'm refreshing five dollars, <laughs> seeing that Tony has added a couple additional bets, one of which I posted right about the time. And I hear across the radio go that the Warriors, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I just, I could not believe <laughs> it. That, that they that got in my exact the mid level. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, insane because I, I really thought I, I dead serious. I told a, a few of my friends this, that I felt like last year's title would be the last one for the Warriors. I, I, I just feel like that it is so hard to do what they've done year in and year out. They basically, you know, Draymond and Iguodala basically took the season off for lack of a you know, better word there, you know, and, and they, they struggled. They, you know, they're a half away from being eliminated by the Rockets. The Rockets are going to be good. Philly's going to be good. Boston's going to be healthy. The Lakers now, you knew LeBron was going to go there. And then this happens. And again, you know, with the boogie thing, he's got the injury. He's probably not going to be back to January. The, the Warriors won't rush him. They're going to want to give, uh, you know, Damian Jones some time at center. They want to get Bell some time at center. They're going to want to continue to see the maturation process with those guys. But you start to look at it like, oh, my God, by playoff time, these guys could have, have five all-star starters. And, you know, Boogie, okay, maybe he can't play with the small ball team. The Warriors probably still need some wings to compete with the Rockets. But you know what? You look at the landscape. You know, LeBron goes to the Lakers. Okay, when's the Kawhi bomb coming? Okay, that may not come. So the, what are the Lakers that, now? They're yeah. waiting a year. The yeah. Rockets are going to be good, but you just you, – you, you had to sign Paul because you're forced. You don't have anywhere else to go. He's injuries waiting to happen. You lose a little bit with Ariza going away because defensively he was one guy that could could at least D up KD a little bit, so that hurts them. You know, so again, I think you're looking at at a situation where the number on the Warriors right now seems pretty realistic that they could walk away with their third title again. I really didn't feel like this a few days ago, um, so I, it will be interesting to see if, if anything with Kawhi materializes to the Lakers or, or what happens with him. But as it stands, that Laker team is is, is not going to beat the Warriors. And you know, I think it was it was interesting to see what the Celtics do. Apparently, the Celtics offered Boogie the same exact same contract as what I, I was told, or someone texted me. But he he mm -hmm. chose the Warriors. So, so let me ask you: if let's let's say that the quiet ship doesn't fall, and that the squad's pretty much going like let's say Capella goes back to the to the Rockets, I, which I think is a pretty important piece because if the yeah, Rockets sure. lose Capella, then you can pretty yeah. much put them in the second tier in terms yeah. of contenders um but uh so let's say the the chips you know the they're all they are where they are right now um and i mean the the limits out there for betting nba futures are really low like there is no influential money that are moving these markets to this point especially yeah. in the offshore space they're just their the limits are low um what uh, what kind of number do you think realistically we see uh warriors uh outright settle into once we get into the the swing of the season I mean, at 130, 140, it seems pretty realistic to me. You know, I know Tony's hanging 183 right now, which is a little aggressive. But uh, Ooh, wow, yeah, that, I mean, at 130, I would say. I, I don't know. What, what are you looking at? 
There was somebody with the, their local bumped it to minus 300. <laughs> just, uh, and, and that's just, if you don't, I don't know how many clients that book has. And that's just, just stop a, gap. I'm just not, stop. I'm not, I don't want any more. Stop. I'm not taking this. I need to figure out what's going on here first. I'm not taking the money. If you want to, if you want to lay it, lay it. But yeah, that's, that's what that movie yeah. is, which is eh, sometimes you got to roll that way. One minus 150 feels right. Doesn't it? Yeah, I think no, that's that, fair. I would it's guess, 140-ish, yeah, that's you know. I, guess. I, guess I saw something yeah. what was interesting. Sorry, I just you know, yeah, no Cheeta, he tweets out some some interesting stuff, and I I think he tweeted out you know the Warriors starting lineup against who he would project as you know the East East Conference All Stars and said, hey, minus two point five, who do you take? Warriors favored by two and a half, and that's crazy to think the Warriors could potentially against the Eastern Conference All Stars be in a spot where they'd be favored by a couple points. Incredible, incredible, yeah. and here we are. And it's uh, it, and I, I kind of agree with Andy. I think minus 150. Once we start to see some influential money show at the beginning of the season, or once like kind of Super Bowl money comes in, yeah. and you start to see people reinvest in that in NBA futures and stuff like that, I think minus 150 is probably where it'll end up at. Um, but uh, here we sit at uh, July 4th, and presumptively the uh, the 2019 uh, <laughs> NBA NBA title has been awarded, <laughs> at least on Twitter, it has been. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, July Fourth a little bit. Uh, yep. Uh, gr- growing up, this was by f- this was, you know, I guess, short of Christmas. I mean, every kid loves Christmas, I guess, um, or at least you know that time of year where you get time off and you you, know, you have celebrations and you get presents and stuff. Um, outside of Christmas, though, Fourth of July was always by far and away my favorite holiday. Like it's, it, I grew up in the the D.C. suburbs. Yeah. And uh, it was super cool, like going up the Potomac River and like watching the fireworks across the mall uh, as a kid. And and then uh, we had like you know awesome like stuff at the at the neighborhood pool, like moon bounce and dunk tank and you know watermelon relays and stuff like that. Like it's just such a great uh, midsummer holiday. And I'm like I'm jack I'm jazzed up for uh, for every single year. Uh, the hot dog contest has become like a a new wrinkle to to keep me interested and yep. and uh, give yourself a little bit of early morning west coast dgn action it goes off about like 10 a.m right for us yeah it, it, i mean it's a nine to ten o'clock show and and you know it's, it's 45 minutes of build up They're, they don't actually start the contest till like 9 45 and they'll give you five minutes of interviews at the very end so they, they really hold off and it ends right about right about 10 a.m on the west coast yeah okay perfect um andy uh what's your what, what are some of your fourth of july uh, uh memories and traditions this is some big deal in the midwest Oh yeah, and Cash. While you were talking, I was thinking, I'd say I was about fourteen, maybe fifteen, the first time I got real good and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was it was the oh first yes, oh, we were up yes. in a real small town, and we had we had the town <laughs> celebrate. You know, there was a, a park that was near the lake, and they shot off near the lake the fireworks, and the whole town would go down there and some friends we we found some older kids and so one of them had an even older friend who was like you know out of high school and had its own place not far from there and i got drunk and didn't go home that night <laughs> i mean it was like and I literally like i and this was pre you know this was pre cell phones i was this is like 1994 so I'm like shit when I realized it was like three in the morning and I didn't know what I was gonna do. <laughs> and I actually I went I started walking and I saw my dad driving his truck. Like he was going he was gonna go look for me. I saw him <laughs> and, and I'm thinking and, and uh, 
so I called so I called the house and I'm I'm like oh he that my, it was just me and my dad living at the house. And it, I called the house because I knew he wasn't there. And I left a message. <laughs> and in my mind, it was going to be this message. Like, oh, hey, yeah, I just stayed at my friend's house. I'm sorry. I totally forgot to call you. And in my head, that's what it sounded like. My God. <laughs> for me. And I listened to it the next day. I wish I saw this. Like, just in story, like, it was like three minutes long of me rambling. Well, yeah, you don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I, at one point, I said, "You don't need to like come look for me or anything. It's cool." <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, I was I was in big trouble. But no, the, the Fourth of July is always a big party up here. Grill outs, fireworks. My kids are jacked up. I went and bought a bunch of fireworks from Costco. Oh, nice! Plus the nice. you know the town. So the you yeah, know the, any, town, uh, the town fireworks will have to. You doing any grilling or uh, or have anything special picked out to drink on set on uh, Wednesday? Yeah, I haven't got my meat yet. I haven't decided what we're gonna do. The kids, you know, they like hot dogs, so we'll find something like that. But I don't know if I can top that tomahawk chop I threw on the other. Day. I know that was awesome <laughs> looking, man. <laughs> Jeez, that was oh, a no, But yeah, we'll get good and drunk. There'll be uh, maybe I'll make a big old punch bowl of margaritas. The wife always I love it. I like I it when she's it. drunk. What's in the cards for the Kelly family? You know, um, we have a, a parade. Uh, I live in a small town just outside of San Francisco, and they have this great small town parade that, that uh, a bunch of my friends and family members go to, and, and it gets uh, cooking about, about 9 a.m. So what I typically do is I hold my family hostage, <laughs> and, we, and my wife now understands the fact that she now knows I'm doing a hot dog pod that I'm not going to be leaving <laughs> and not going to not watch the hot dog contest. We would watch the You're not going to be streaming it on your phone while the parade's going on? You'll watch the I ESPN now? Being a, I can't handle being a minute behind. i got to make sure, you know, so, yep, so yep. We'll, we'll watch the hot dog contest, and, and then we'll, we'll head down to the parade and let the kids run around and uh, meet up with some friends eventually, which will probably lead to some grilling and excessive over-serving of, of alcohol and, and uh, have the rest of the week off, so no responsibility. So it'll be, it, it should be a good one. And, and you know, my, my day in terms of uh, my mood will be determined by about 9.55 a.m. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. What's on the uh, What's on the menu? Drink and eating was. Uh, well, usually it's uh, some pretty bad domestic beers throughout the day. We'll We'll start off with probably Budweiser because it just seems right on the Fourth of July, and then and then you know probably you know it'll be a lot of meat, and then we'll ultimately get to vodka and make bad decisions. No, you know. Nice, 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 nice. Well, uh, sometime in the future, I'll bring you back on for, uh, for the spinoff of the deep dive where we talk about California wines. Cause I know you're a, a Napa guy and that's like, uh, absolutely. That, that's like not far down the list from sports betting in terms of my uh, passion. So I'd love to talk to you about that some other we, time. We have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll table it for now. Uh, and let's get right into this, man. Let's talk about the hot dog eating contest. Um, this is uh, how many years have you bet this? Oh gosh, I, you know I would say I've had some sort of bet on this for the last five six years, but not really taking it super serious in terms of getting after it until the last two years. So this would be the third year I've kind of gotten pretty aggressive with okay with and the, we're, the digging and the bets and yeah, we're right in the meat of the uh, the Joey Chestnut era, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, he you know he is. An eleven-time champion. He's, you know, he's been on the circuit for fourteen years. He, he, he's like the American hero, right? That everybody knows. You know, we're degenerates. We're, we, we can, we can name off, you know, 
the Joey Chestnut, maybe a guy or two. The, the Kobayashi. Turns off, yeah, Kobayashi. The layperson's not going to know many people besides Chestnut, maybe Matt Stoney because of the upset he pulled a couple of years ago. But, the, you know, this is Joey Chestnut's competition. And, and and that's what I think makes this year so exciting because I, I, I think that, you know, you tweeted out about the pod today and immediately we had a couple responses about, like, Joey Overs or it's Joey's show. And I'm like, eh, maybe. I think, I think he's going to have – I think he's going to be tested this year. Ooh, I love it. I love yeah. it. So we're at, we're at the dawning of a new era potentially, huh? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think it's going to be interesting, yeah. Interesting. Do they have, do they have lines on anything? You know, the, this is it's, – it's, I'm trying to think of another comparison. It's almost like, you know, something we pay attention to, but these guys are doing this all year. You know, I'm That's sure true. there's yeah. – I'm sure there's – like, you know, th- there's a circuit. Some of these – I mean, like, uh, some of these guys, they hold records and – all, all sorts of different eating wings, oysters, yeah. bratwurst, New England clam like chowder. Clam chowder. Like, the, have you ever seen lines up for anything else? I know I have not. No, sure. nothing. I mean, I, I think that you know, and there is, and, and all of these, like the top four or five competitors, at least they all probably have like five, six, ten, you know, records. Uh, you know, it, it could be the clam bake record, the you know, the amount of most pizzas eaten in an hour, apple pie, asparagus, baked beans. I'm just looking at the list now. There's all sorts Hot of things. barbecue sandwiches, beef tri-tip, blueberry pie. And, and, you know, there's different record holders for each. And that's why I think it's so interesting because these guys, I think they're supplementing their income by doing this. And, I, you know, they're doing different foods, but then the focus is the big one. I mean, this is, this is the, the big dog where every it gets the TV exposure. It's got a lot of glamour behind it. And so, how do you balance and how do you balance the, the hot dog preparation with some of the other events, which certainly pay out as well, not to the degree this one does. And, and this isn't a huge payout by any means, but there's a lot more that goes on here with, again, the TV and a little bit bigger payout and so forth. What would you but guess? I, uh, what would I you guess? I've seen another one on TV. I've seen like uh, the Johnsonville, Brown, the one they have up by like Lake Michigan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I've seen that and that one almost made me sick. Browers, yep. man, that's 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 got a little more spice and flavor to it. Those, they are pounding browers. Yeah, he eats that's like a hundred of them. Chris, what would you guess? Um, like, what would you guess these guys get in terms of an appearance fee versus the prize money? Is really what gets these guys here, or you know, and how you know what does this make up? You think of their like yearly earnings? Like, are we talking about like a quarter of how much money they earn over the course of the year? Is this weekend? I don't. It's tough because I, I think like in some of the smaller competitions, I think the winner gets like two thousand bucks. You know, but if you if you win like eight or twelve or fifteen competitions, that can add up to a little bit of money. And then I think the, the I think I believe the total purse and I don't want to get this wrong is like twenty k across the men's and women's. I think it's ten k each, and they and they they pay five places. So it's not like the winner's getting like a hundred thousand uh, dollars. There may be an appearance fee. I'm not and I'm not entirely sure. You know, but but someone like Matt Stoney has made a name for himself because he's like a YouTube sensation now, and he does all these videos of things he eats. And he's got like four point three million oh. followers, so he's become this YouTube oh. sensation where he's got sponsors, and that's where he's making his money. You know, with oh, the sponsors, of course. YouTube stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure Joey makes a decent living doing it. Um, you know, Carmen, you know, Carmen Sincati, and and I hope I, I pronounce that right. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy we're going to spend a lot of time talking about over the next, next half an hour. Um, he's a guy that's, it's, it's a young dude that's up and comer. And I, I, I don't know, you know, he's a, he's a champion in a few different events, but I know he has a job. I don't know how much, you know, maybe 20% of his, of his income comes from this. 
I love this. Okay, so, okay, this makes total sense then. The hot dog eating contest is the prestige event. Like, you get your name on the map by putting up a good showing here, and then you pivot that into sponsorships and, and other ventures that you have kind of cooking. Uh, and a uh, guy like Matt Stoney, he wins one surprise year, and then he can kind of punch his ticket doing YouTube videos. This is, this is, makes total sense. Like, this is crazy. Um, yeah, and, and Joey's got his own line of condiments now he just he came out with, right? So that's, of you, course. You, you build the brand, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, even though he's eating hot dogs, the only condiment that he's putting on is water, right? Exactly. Yep. You you can put condiments on, but that would be dumb. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was reading. I was reading the rules today. Like I, I suppose Look I might. You. I might. I might just put ketchup on just because I'm. If I was in it, we were talking off air about how many we thought we could eat, and I think we guessed high because I had two hot dogs today, and I was kind of full. <laughs> And granted, they were uh, and they were Johnsonville, not uh, Nathan's. So who knows what the conversion rate on that is? I guess. What were some of the other crazy rules you saw? They got ten oh. minutes, right? Yeah, I mean, just the, the the you can't puke it up. You got you got to hold it down for so long, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of it was you know you can dip it in water, you can do whatever you want with that. You have to eat the bun and the dog, or it doesn't count, and. Uh, you know, there there was there was a lot of good, and uh, the big one was you have to be a member of the competitive eating, whatever it was, the their organization. Otherwise, you can't be in it. Major league eating. Major league eating, yeah. And that's the it issue with Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah. That, that major league eating is not Kobayashi is not an MLE guy. Well, he wouldn't he wouldn't sign the contract with him, and that's why. They, and then they said, well, you can't come to Coney Island next year, and. Chaos ensued. We're not even going to talk about that, that debacle. Jesus, that almost, almost took down the world of competitive eating. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, one of my favorite terms in all of competitive eating. You were you mentioned you can't puke. Bro, this is good. I'll reversal of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> so throwing up is actually called the reversal of fortune. Yeah, and I believe uh, there is one site, not not one that I'm on. I think it's DSI that had a prop. Um, of, of a reversal of fortune, Joey Kanish was kindly enough to pass it on to me today, and he said I think it was a plus, plus ten to one. There would be a reversal of fortune. I don't believe there has been one in recent years, so I, I think that uh, ten to one probably don't waste your money on the. Okay, yeah, yeah, good deal, good deal. Well, may the may the fortunes not be reversed on you. This Nathan's but, hot dog. Exactly. When, <laughs> when else can you bet that someone will throw up? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> this might, if that's something that you get off on, this might be your, your, your only chance. I bet. I bet you there was a Super Bowl prop last year with the Eagles in the Super Bowl, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. Um, so uh, in terms of handicapping this, like uh, uh, I've I've tailed you in the last couple of years when you posted information and in plays. Uh, Andy, have you seen stuff as well? <laughs> we talked. Yeah, we talked about this a little. Love here, and we determined that it definitely was you. And I'm like, I saw somebody posting like uh, practice, you know, <laughs> Joey, Joey's backyard practice dog thing. And he ate like it was, it was like 80 hot dogs or whatever. And I, I said, you know, and I went and looked, and Five Dimes was hanging the over under in the in the high 60s. So that that was like the first one that I actually bet heavily. Like I'm gonna get after this. If he ate that many, and and then I think was that the year that big that was cat your was big cat to the two. I yeah, laid so the lid on big bet, cat too. Yeah, betting, we were betting on big cat to win. Uh, <laughs> bet or you bet him to win. I just bet him over like over ten and, and a half, half dogs or, or whatever it was. And yeah, I actually am looking 
I'm not 100% sure I've ever lost a hot dog bet. Well, so this is this this is a burning question I have then. Like, Chris, how do you yeah. get this information? Like, is there like a hot dog or competitive eating Reddit or something where people are like sharing like practice times and stuff, splits? Like, how do you I get mean, you, you, you know, I, I, this up? You, yeah, you spend some time in Major League Eating. You have to you, – you Google search a lot. And sometimes you're getting to the third and fourth page, and you may find a little nugget somewhere. Uh, you're looking at Twitter, uh, and I'm looking. At, I'm following all the all the main guys. I'm looking at their responses. I'm seeing where they get linked articles. I did run across a couple pods that I listen to that actually they joke about it uh, on the pod. That they have like seven or ten people listening, but these were guys uh, it, it, that that were part of associated with Major League Eating. And they, they had some great nuggets where they were talking about, you know, the form of certain people and how, how people were trending. It you know, gives, gives you a good idea of who to be thinking about, who to be considering. You know, and like last year, you know, the story of Andy was great. It was fortuitous that I was continuing to do my research. And the day that Dimes posts their odds, Joey posts a, a, a backyard video of him doing 80 dogs. And, and it's hard to say, oh, wow, you know, there's an over 68 and a half, over 70 and a half, over 72 and a half. And I hit all of those. You know, the over 72 and a half was like plus 340 or something like that. And, you know, it, we, we cleaned up because, you know, the, the, the odds were so fantastic compared to Joey showing the 80. Of course, Joey, he went on to, to, to set the 4th of July record uh, at 72, but, but still running across something like that gave me the confidence to kind of step out and, and, and lay some lumber on the, on the couple of uh, 68, 70, et cetera. Oh, that's great. Uh, what um... – where do you track down? Uh, I guess you built some relationships kind of following these guys and, and hitting them up on Twitter. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We were talking about this, right? So, you know, you, if you, I actually reached out to, uh, to Carmen Sincati today and we had a chat. I told him, Hey, I'm doing a pod tonight with, with a couple of good guys and we're talking about the contest. And we chatted about, I had some great questions for him. He had, he had some, some interesting answers, gave me some more insights in terms of, of what these guys deal with, what he's thinking about, how he's preparing. Uh, and, and the reason I reached out to him and, and is because he's my horse this year. I mean, this, I, I think this is the guy. This, I think Carmen is the future of Major League Eating. He's currently the number two ranked uh, eater behind uh, Joey Chestnut. And I, I think, uh, we'll, we'll lay it out here, I think if he doesn't beat Joey this year, and I still think it's Joey's to lose this year, he will beat him by next year, I think. I think that, that's how good Carmen's going to be. And, and, and he's only 24, and so I think he's got – a bright future. And I hope we're getting ahead of the curve here and taking advantage of the opportunity. That that's what I hope is going on from a betting perspective. I love it. Okay, so this is uh, so this is our up and comer that uh, we're going to get behind uh, over the next uh, several cycles of competitive eating competitions, and he'll he's going to wrestle the crown away from Joey Chestnut. Uh, any chance? I guess. What would do we do? You know anything about Joey Chestnut? Is he the kind of guy that like if he can see this guy coming up on his heels, if it's a close match this year, is he going to be like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go out on top, uh, or is he the kind of guy that's going to get retired? You're going to be pulling out like the, you're going to be pulling the hot dogs out of his cold dead gullet. <laughs> I think Joey will continue to compete. I mean, I think this is what MLE wants. I mean, they want a rivalry. I mean, this is, I mean, if you think about MLE, I was likening it to, to a little bit like WWE today. I mean, it is a bit of a spectacle, right? You've got 35,000 people out there in the beating sun. George Shea, who I haven't even talked about, he's one of the co-founders with his brother, Richard. He's out there in the hat with the, with the ridiculous introductions. He's rapping, he's yelling, he's screaming, he's getting the fans fired up. You know, there is a spectacle to this. And then you've got Joey, who's like the Hulk Hogan of, you know, he's the American hero on 4th of July winning every year. And, and Carmen is kind of playing that heel role. 
you know, a little bit of the a-hole that's coming to take Joey's title, and you've got a little bit of that. Of that I think they want to create that, and I think it could be a great battle for years to come just based on what's going on. And there's a lot of other guys that, that I think are going to be able to get up into close to the 50s. You know, I think in the past there may be have been four, five or six guys that have done a total of 50 on July 4th at Coney. There may be five or six guys in this competition that can get to 50. Wow, wow. So we are in the golden age of hot dog eating. You said it, brother. Oh, truly. <laughs> I was looking. Well, it was tough to find a lot of info on Carmen. Is this only his third year in the hot dog contest? Yeah, it's only his third year. Uh, he yeah, he, he did, went 41 on the first try. In yep. The, in the, that's nuts. So he went 41. I think even more impressive is he comes back in his second year and goes 60. And he wrestles away second place from Stoney. And all of a sudden, okay, he's on the scene. But no one pays attention to the second place finisher unless – Okay, if he finished like four or five dogs back at Joey, people might have taken note last year. He finished 12 back, so people aren't taking note of this guy, right? But right away, it was like, oh, wow, look at this guy. Went 41 to 60, so I've had my eye on him the whole year. And you notice he's climbing to number two in, in, in competitive eating. He's being selective with the events he chooses because he knows he can win certain events. But also, I think, is, is focusing on hot dogs on the side because he, he wants to take out Joey. I mean, that, that is his focus. And so I think it'll be interesting to see just how close he can get if he can pull off the upset. Oh, it's great. Yeah, because, of course, the story last year was the 4th of July record, right? I mean, yep. like, that was got that got all the attention, that got all the uh, the headlines. Uh, no one was really looking down the table, but uh, thankfully, Chris Kelly was on the case. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm all about being uh, Carmen uh, uh, Sincati. Sincati? Sincati. Sincati. Uh, I'm all about the Carmen Sincati fan uh, going forward here. Uh, the... Um, would you say it's appropriate that he is uh, considered the bad boy of uh, professional eating? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, that's, that's what's on his Twitter handle. I think that Major League Eating would like to see him be the heel. Uh, he seems like a pretty good dude, a kind of dude that I'd, I'd like to hang out with on the weekend. Um, you know, whether he ends up being the heel, I think he's going to be just what Major League Eating needs uh, in terms of, of, of pushing this rivalry forward. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, I think that the name is probably apropos at this point. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we're not worried about, um, integrity of the sport or anything, right? Like these guys are on the up and up. They're eating however many they can eat period. Right. These, they're, yes, they're not like absolutely. on the side. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. Throwing, yeah, okay. throwing dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it'd be sure it'd be a shame if you happen to, you know, choke on a dog there and just like a minute of, uh, uh potentially eating them. Um, anyway, um, uh, okay, I, that that that's that's ideal. Um, as I look at kind of the options here to bet, and Dev, you know, there's there's obviously there's different numbers of different books. There's ways to arbitrage. There's ways to kind of corner certain markets here. Um, but what's interesting is that like, okay, you can bet in uh, how many are eaten in the first minute, first five yep. minutes versus the full ten. Um, yep. Is there are there ways to approach handicapping these, and why is it so such a low? total starting out do you have does it take a little while to warm up to eating dogs or is it uh, pretty even across the full 10 minutes well i think and this is one thing that, that Cara mentioned to me is they got to think about it as like dogs per minute dpm for the late for the you know right so uh if you look and if you watch prior contests these guys are going to set a dog per minute that's much higher the first five minutes than the second five minutes because you run up a lot of things that you're battling against and, and I'll, I'll get get into that what carmen talked earlier today but um you just it, there's a lot of things your bat your body is battling, um, and so I think that 
you know, you start, you start off with a little more aggressive pace in minute one, minute five, you know, you, you can see by the lines they set, right. You, it's like a 12 and a half for Joey in, 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 uh, the first minute, right. So that's right, a 12 right. and a half dog per minute. It's 46 through minute five, right. So much lower, low, yep. low 10 there. And then obviously is over under, if you're to buy into kind of where five dimes is setting, it would say Joey will end up or the winner will end up, uh, at, at, you know, 71, 72, I think is where they're kind of setting it. <clears throat> and last year the record was 72. The record yeah, ever so set at the Coney Island uh, hot dog eating contest was 72, and it was Chestnut. Yeah, and he set so he has set the record. I think you know four times he did it with 68 in 2009. He actually tied the record in 2012 with 68. Set it again with 69 in 2013, and then he set it in back to back years with 70 and 72. But that is not the world record. Um, the world record also held by Joey was set in a in a kind of a qualifier uh, exhibition in 2016 where he did 74. Mm, okay. And um, is this, is, uh, does he get better every year just because he is getting more and more experienced at this and, you know, there's no end in sight here. He's going to keep improving or is it literally like the conditions on the day of the event matter? That's a, I mean, that is a really good question. And that, that, that is kind of what I want. That's what I was specifically asking Carmen about today. It's, it's interesting if you look at, and I, I just, if you, you can, we talk about Joey because like, you have more years you can look at. You have like 10, 11 years of history. I mean, Joey did 68 in 2009, they dropped down to 54. Then back up to 62, then 68, then 69. Then he dropped to 61, 60, and then back up to 70, 72. So he's done hmm. a little bit all over the board. You see the 270 stick out, so you automatically think, wow, he can just continue to get better. And I, I think what was interesting, and, and, and this is what, what, what Carmen said today, and I, I want to quote it specifically because it was very interesting, is eaters hardly are consistent to a specific number. It's a matter of ranges. Okay. Uh, so I, I think they think about, you know, Joey's not thinking about, I can get to 70. Joey's probably thinking my range, if I do everything appropriately and I manage my dogs per minute and I'm, I'm managing all the things I'm fighting out here, it's probably 68 to 72. And I, I'm making these numbers up. I don't know what their ranges are, you know, but then again, Carmen goes on to say that, that Joey's range and his range definitely overlap, you know, in terms of, you know, I don't know how much they overlap, maybe by one dog, maybe by four dogs. I don't know. But again, that's where you begin to think, you know, this kind of, help me feel good about about what i've thought about carmen for the since i've been placing bets on for the last you know few weeks in terms of his opportunity to potentially win this Eddie, uh, do you have a uh, wikipedia open and can you tell me like how uh, chestnut has done uh, year over year kind of uh, is, is this the kind of thing where like he's gotten better every year did he have the same kind of improvement over his first couple years is what we're seeing with chinkati yeah that's i'm looking back and he obviously been at it a lot longer it said in 2005 he entered a deep fried asparagus eating championship and <laughs> breakout performances. Said. He and he he beat a high ranked eater by eating 6.3 pounds of asparagus in 11 and a half minutes, which is a oh my god, uh, that's lot. disgusting. He did. He actually I missed this uh, earlier when I was looking. He did enter <clears throat> ate 32 hot dogs, got third place in his first one. Next year, he qualified by eating six or 50 dogs and then ended up getting a very close second place to then reigning champion Kobayashi. 52 hot dogs, Kobayashi with 53 and three quarters, which I guess they used uh, three quarters back then. So, and then it looks like after that, he went from 52 the next year, 52 that year, into 66, which is a hell of a jump. It's not 
Sin Cotty's 41 to 60 jump, but then uh, it was pretty much all him. There was a, an eat off somewhere in there, which we decided is akin to, well, it was a tie. So they had to have, it was like penalty kicks for eating. And then he's won every year since, except for his crazy upset in uh, 2015, where he only got 60 dogs down. And Stoney, Matt, Matt Stoney, I think that's his name, 862. Otherwise, Chestnuts won it in 16, 17, 15, or 14, 13, 12. I think it's, what do we say, 11 times? So Wow. Okay, that's fascinating. So basically, like, we're seeing some variability year over year, uh, and it's not just, like, constant improvement. Uh, is this, Chris, would you guess that this is, like, largely based on, like, conditions on the day of the competition matter? So, so that, that's exactly what I really want to know, and I asked Carmen today because it's supposed to be 97 degrees on Wednesday, and I think the days around it are, like, you know, 90 on Thursday and 90 on Tuesday, but, but obviously – heat and humidity on on wednesday you know what was interesting is he he didn't seem phased so much by the heat and i posed the question almost as you know either you or other eaters how are you guys affected and he said you know he does practice indoors he does have to prepare for the heat there's things he's going to have to do to keep his body as cool as possible before and and uh, during cold towels etc so there is some preparation done but he didn't seem phased as much by by the whole weather aspect um, and and I, in terms of it affecting his ability to deliver a number, and I imagine Joey's the same way. So that's that's why you know one of the things I had played, I had played an over sixty-eight and a half at a good number when it came out. I had played an over seventy and a half at five dimes, which I think is still out there. And that's uh, I don't even know what the number is, but we can look at it. Um, and then I had bought off a little bit, being concerned about the weather. I still left a position of being over the number because I think these guys are really going to push each other this year. What, what I thought was interesting, and I went on to, to ask, you know, Carmen a little bit more about, okay, you know, weather, but what are the other things that really impact you that you have to be cognizant of? And this, this is where it gets into the stuff they have to be worried about. So what he said are the things that, that can throw off kind of what he referred to as the dogs per minute or, or his targets that he wanted to get to. He said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote some of these things, you know, uh, let's see here, fumbling a hot dog or a bun, a bad swallow, <laughs> right? Then the more serious, a tight esophagus, tight stomach, buildup of air in the stomach and burp, too much chewing, nausea. He did mention heat there at the end. He said all these have to be controlled because once your dog for a minute slip, it's hard to fight out of a deficit. So you can mm-hmm. kind of see the things that these guys are trying to manage as the competition goes on in order to make sure that they can deliver the best number possible. So this is probably, this probably speaks then to like why like experience matters, right? I mean, like this is why like chestnut is the proverbial favorite here, even though a guy like, like, like Sincati is coming up on his heels. Uh, you know, I'm sure like the more practice you get, the more times you've been in the spotlight, the, the more prepared you are for this. But uh, so we're looking right now at Chin, uh, Sincati is uh, over 64 and a half. This is, this is way up there. What was his total last year? So he did 60 60. last year. Okay, 64 and a half then doesn't actually seem like that much of an improvement that he's going to have to make. So maybe it does really kind of depend more on like what the conditions are, you think? Yeah, it, it, what's funny with Bovada, Bovada in, you know, and I know you guys got a piece of this. They, they opened up over 50 and a half minus 200 and over 53 and a half minus 120, <laughs> which we pounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've got some over 53 and a half. I which, just don't get you know, how, how, how he, well, a guy does 60 and, and then you open up a 53. So 
those were got hit. They reopened it at 59 and a half. I hit that again. And then Tony opened 64 and a half. And I think to your point, you know, he was at 60. Okay. A reasonable number. If someone's not following aggressively four and a half point improvement, you know, there haven't been a lot of guys to get into the sixties, Joey, Stoney and Stoney, what his max has been 62. So 64 would be the second best ever behind, I believe Joey. I don't know what Kobayashi did as his high back in the day. So, but if you start to think about, you know, Carmen saying that his ranges overlap with Joey's ranges and it just, the way that Carmen has focused and, and there's been a couple articles out there and kind of what he spoke to today, his focus is all on Joey this year. He, you know, he, what he mentioned is the first year was just making it to Coney. All these guys have to go and win a qualifier to get to Coney. And that's the big show. He got there. He did 41. Last year, the focus was beating Stoney. He came in, he did that, he improved significantly after 60. Now he has stepped up his game, realizing, hey, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can be a champion. And I think he's focused himself on really preparing and improving on that number. And that's why I think the money line there is going to be definitely worth a shot. Still Joey's to lose, but certainly something to look at as we get closer to Wednesday. Is, uh, is Sincati plus 8.5 at minus 215 worth the parlay leg with uh, something else that we think has high confidence? That's absolutely it. Because again, they opened that at minus one twenty. We hit that, but that should be something you parlay with. I I don't see a scenario. They opened this at minus one twenty, and it's gotten bet out to two fifteen. Yes, I we hit it at one twenty. I hit it at one thirty five, and hit it at one seventy. Oh man! Uh, when it dropped on Friday, and I posted it like immediately when that went up. Um, I just don't see a scenario where, where Carmen doesn't stay with an eight and a half of Joey. I know as good as Joey is, you know, it's, it, it's funny. And I'll, I'll, I'll break down a little bit of uh, uh, the contest last year. I went back and this is the sick degenerate that I am. I watched the contest <laughs> two or three times and Carmen lost the contest in the first minute and the last minute. He was even with Joey from minutes two through nine. Dog for oh, dog. Oh, man. Okay. Joey broke out to a four-dog lead, and then Carmen closed, or, or, or Joey closed on an eight-to-two close. I think that's where, that's where Carmen's going to have to improve is he's got to start quicker, and he's got to be able to finish stronger. And I think that's where his focus practice-wise is. I think that gap tightens. And I think whether Joey or Carmen wins, Carmen is going to push Joey. And I think this is a one of those we get – a, a good race right at the end where it's a one, two, three dog win is, is kind of what I'm hoping with. There's a lot of excitement. It's not like, okay, y'all, Joey won by 12. I love it. So basically if they reopen this prop and it's six and a half, you're not worried about, it. you'll probably scoop some more. I, I think six and a half, if you can get it, you know, 110, 120 is, is worth okay. it. Yeah, okay. This is a three to four. I hope they do that. Yeah. I don't know if they will. Yeah, I, I just parlayed uh, the plus eight and a half with England to score a goal tomorrow. There we oh, go. Nice. Very nice. Um, is uh, is it worth parlaying at all with the women's hot dog, uh, Miki Sudo? Is she a pretty solid lock on the uh, women's side? I don't know if I, I wonder if uh, Tony will let you parlay those two together. But yeah, I don't I don't see a scenario where Mickey loses. She is she's won the last four years. And what's interesting is she's improved her total each of the last four years. She did thirty four, she did thirty eight, she did thirty eight and a half, and then she did forty one last year. Um, and that's not actually the world record. The world record is Sonia, uh, Sonia, the black widow, Thomas did 45 back in 2012. I and remember the, her. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. no, Sonia she's still the in black it. She's widow. still in it. Yeah. She's still oh, in it. She too. was a character. Yeah. Um, do you have a feel for this one matchup? That's pretty evenly lined between George, Jeffrey Esper and, uh, Darren Breeden. 
Oh, I was looking at that one all day, uh, you know, because they, they dropped it <laughs> mid, midday today. These are two guys who are very interesting because Esper has been around uh, for four or so years, and he has improved. He's gone from 30 to 37.5 to 44, and he did uh, he did 44.5 last year. He did 45 in his qualifier. Breeden is a little bit more of a newcomer. He finished third and did 28 dogs in 16, made the sh big show last year. And did I think 38, but then in this qualifier this year, he is significantly improved and did 46.5. My initial lean because of the uh, of Esper being more of a vet, he's actually in good form and had quite a great year. I'm a little worried about Breeden getting into the spotlight and maybe his total falls off, kind of what I talked about earlier. Mm, but yeah. just the way Breeden is is eating right now, I'm I'm a little I, I had trouble landing on one there. I've kind of gone back and forth, so I may let that one ride. But it's good to see. Tony putting some of the guys that'll be like in the third, fourth, fifth position up there for, for additional bets. I love it, man. Well, there was one other awesome uh, prop that floated as we were recording this that I was curious uh, what your thoughts are. This is not a real prop. This is made, made believe by one of the awesome participants made, made in gambling believe. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, who uh, would, what, uh, uh, what's the fair line on, um, I guess I'll throw this to Andy and then we'll get Chris's take. Yeah. Andy, what do you think of fair line on uh, uh, Golden State Warriors? Regular season wins versus the um, uh, the total the winners total number of hot dogs this year. I, I was gonna go total hot dogs minus six and a half. Just to leave leave a little bit in there. So if if you're throwing around seventy, that that puts them at low low to mid sixties for wins, and which that's fair. Where you, where you where are you where do you landed on there, Chris? Yeah, um, I have I have that. That was. Good, good idea by Matt Lindemann who dropped that in, in, in the, the Twitter feeder in the last 20 minutes. But I, I like minus five. I think minus five uh, it, it, it involves some variability there with the hot dogs if, if we, they can't break a record. I think, I think Andy's fair by saying 70. I think you know if weather does impact these guys and they hit a little bit lower number, then that puts the Warriors at 65 under Andy's numbers. It puts them at 63 and a half. I think those are both fairly reasonable numbers. Um, I, I, but it is interesting, interesting thought in terms of props. Excellent. Okay. Well, this has been super, super, super informative and super fun to talk about. I cannot wait for the 4th of July. I'm so, so psyched up for this. Uh, I got a new, uh, I got a new favorite professional leader in the MLE in uh, in Carmen, Carmen, Sin, Carmen Sincati. And uh, let's, we, we let's hope get, we get to that five minute mark. Upset. Yeah. yeah. We get to that five minute mark. We hope he has like 34, 35 down. And I want to see Chestnut. I want to see Chestnut deal with a gas bubble this year. You know, this exactly. is this. I'll, I'll, yeah, give, give him a little bit of uh, give him a little bit of adversity to overcome, and let's get uh, let's get an upset here, huh? Yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm going to take a little stab at the money line. I'm not scared. I, I'll leave you with a couple <laughs> other things. Like, I think Joey under twelve and a half dogs on on Bovada at plus money, or I think minus one hundred five is worth a stab. He's only done that once, although he did look pretty good in his qualifier this year and got to thirteen. He's only done that once, even in his best years. I think that's something to look at. Um, this is under in the first minute? Under 12 and a half in the first minute, yep. Okay. Yep. I think that's on Bovada. Uh, I, think th I think you mentioned the Carmen 64.5 uh, over as well as the plus 8.5 in parlays is, is something worth looking at. And then I, th I think, again, I, I still say gun to my head, Joey may clip Carmen this year, but the odds at getting 600 or plus 6 to 1 – because, again, I think that, that, that Carmen is coming on strong. I think it's absolutely worth taking a stab, even if it's something small. I've got, I'm invested 
with with a couple units on on Carmen to win. Uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, I, I'm Chris. I all in my whole family were C's. Uh, my wife, <laughs> Catherine, my 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 sons are Caden and Colin. And, and if Carmen wins, I, I will swap out one of my sons' names. I will flip a coin and figure out which one will be real Carmen. But this is this. This is Carmen Sincati's Fourth of July. Let's hope he hope he shows up and delivers big for us. Not only it's just it's just goddamn birthday. Yes, <laughs> it, it, that's a great yes. call. We forgot to mention that. Yes, happy Born, happy not, birthday to, to Carmen. Fourth of July, yeah. Uh, does he get it in a need, in a need off, or does he do it in regulation? I don't want a need off. I, I don't know that he's prepared to go extra time. That that would be something that, that Joey would would probably get him get oh, him yeah. in if they had to go extra time. I don't I don't know that he's there yet. He needs to get them in regulation. Uh, the eat off, the eat off hot dogs. Andy, do you know if the eat off hot? They don't count against the total, right? I no. I don't think oh. so. I think it's like overtime and overtime or extra time and soccer. Extra time and soccer, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, and who would? Man, that's the worst thing. I think they should punch him in the stomachs and see who pukes first. Like, who wants to eat more hot dogs? That that's like the worst way to decide this. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Oh Can you imagine just looking at five more hot dogs? Like, motherfucker. Yeah. I can't handle that. All right, let's wrap this up. You guys have a, a spectacular Independence Day. Uh, fo- follow, look, look out for uh, for Chris Kelly on Twitter at KellyChris77. Uh, he'll be in the show notes. He'll be in the tweet that I tweet out. If you listen to this pod, I hope you enjoyed it. This was super fun to record. Thank you so much for your time. And yeah, uh, best absolutely. of luck this uh, 4th of July. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good times. Get it done, Carmen. All right, and we'll uh, we'll be sure to bring you back when we got some uh, some Little League World Series to handicap <laughs> and uh, and some. And we're closer to oh, the uh, football. It's like you didn't bet on that this year. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, all right, guys, have a have a great Fourth of July. And, you too, uh, bro. Let, yeah, best best of luck. Yeah.